Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Let's give it up for the worship team one more time. Thank you, Lord, for good music in the house of God. You know what? I need to give a shout out, first of all, first of all, for those that are watching us online around the world. You know, there's a lot going on in the world today, and we need to lift one name higher than every other name, and that is the name of Jesus today. So our prayers go out to those out there that are struggling and those that are standing for their freedom today. Let's just lift them up in prayer. Father God, we lift up our brothers and sisters. Lord, you see what they're going through. And Lord, we pray right now that there would be healing in the land, in Canada and around the world. Father God, we lift up those in the Ukraine that are fighting, Lord. Lord, may they stand on your faith. May they find healing in you and strength in you. Lord Jesus, where the enemy wants to divide and conquer, Lord, that you would bring unity, love, peace, and healing. Lord, we are all your children, and this is all your land. Lord, we lift them up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. i also give a shout-out to uh, everyone watching at Ruth and Naomi's, at Revive, the Women's Shelter. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. And of course, give yourself a round of applause for making it here today. God's got something for you. And I know that you're thinking maybe the pastor will give me some good information. I might. But the Holy Spirit's about to give you some revelation. So I hope that's what you came for today. So let's begin. This is uh, part four, the final part of our series, The Love Connection. And this one is entitled the cure. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself so passionate about something or someone that you are willing to go through the pain, not just for your sake, but for their sake. I have. You know, it's through those tough times, those struggles that we learn to trust. It's where trust is really challenged. There may have been things that have been said or done to you before that have left you scarred and in need of healing. And that requires a cure. And a cure requires change. It starts with a change of heart. I believe that we are called to be agents of change, to step into dark places and to bring light, to lead people that are blind to Jesus, and give hope when people feel hopeless. Unfortunately, we've all been guilty at times of getting caught up in the chatter and missing out on what really matters, Christ. Can you relate? Can anyone in the house relate to being stretched in this season, having to go through some sort of pain to go after your purpose? Well, then I'm talking to the right people. God is calling us to a greater connection. A greater connection with him and a greater connection with others. God is opening the eyes of the outsider. God is removing the veils from our eyes. Where the enemy has tried so hard to create division, God is showing us his vision. Vision for his church, 
vision for our community and vision for our families through the trial God shows us what it means to trust in relationship we all face confrontation and at times that can leave us with a sense of suffering a sense of hurt a sense even of bitterness and if we are to get better we need a cure and in Luke 5 is where I want to go today in Luke 5 there's these friends of a friend who was sick and in need of healing and they believe that Christ could be that cure And this friend that needed healing couldn't even walk on his own, so they would carry him to Christ. And when they found Jesus in a home, there seemed to be no way to get to him. And why don't we jump into Luke 5 together? If you brought your Bibles with you, if not, it'll it'll be on the screen, or if you're joining us online, probably in front of me, about right about here. Starting in verse 19, it says, But they could not find a way to take him in because there were so many people. Let's just stop right there. You know God makes a way when it seems like there is no way. One of the verses that he's been giving us again and again is Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I do a new thing. Can you not see it? I'm making a way in the wasteland, streams in the desert. He makes a way in what seems like a dry area of your life. What seems like an area that you can't even see a way through or see a way out. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you with me? Praise God. But they they couldn't see a way because there were so many people. They, They made a hole in the roof over where Jesus stood. Then they let down the bed with the sick man on it down before Jesus. How many of you would like a hole in your roof right now? (laughs) Can you imagine putting on a party, having Jesus there and all these people there, and you work so hard to get things just right and just perfect, and all of a sudden things start to fall from the ceiling right in front of Jesus, the keynote speaker. Oh, Lord, I thought we fixed that patch. (laughs) And then to see a man on a stretcher being lowered down, It's funny the things that distract us, discourage us, divide us. And in that mess, Jesus was about to show a message. Are you listening today? Thank you, brother. And notice this. It's a word God gave me. Notice how if everyone was in the house and they couldn't get in, and when you came or looked through that front door, that would mean that everyone else, the crowd, would have their back to the people in need. Because they're all on Christ. But the people that need healing, the crowd has their backs turned to them. The people that need a cure. See, the friends, they saw the crowd. And they could have been discouraged. They saw, it says that there was no way, but they said, hey, let's make a way. Let's make a way. You see, if we see obstacles as opportunity, And if we know to look up and to live up in a down world, 
then we're going to get a higher perspective. Come on. We're going to rise above the situation. We're going to rise above the problems. Psalm 121, I look to the mountains. Where does my strength come from? It comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. For some of us, we just need to look up. If you want to start living up, start looking up. There's always a solution with Jesus as our Savior. You see, faith made a way. Faith made a way that day when it looked like there was no way. And they haven't even come to Jesus yet. The first point I want to share with you is when we move towards Christ, we become courageous. When you move towards the light and out of the darkness, something inside of you comes alive, doesn't it? I don't know how many times, and I'm having problems seeing, when God just says, why don't you just turn the light on? Why don't you shine a little light on that? Absence is just the, uh, uh, sorry, darkness is just the absence of light. But here's the thing, fear. Fear paralyzes us. Fear causes us to freeze. Faith, on the other hand, faith makes moves. Faith pushes us forward. Doubt causes us to disconnect. When we move towards Christ is when we start to become courageous. We're drawn towards his energy. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We begin to break barriers. Why? Not just so that we can get better, so that others become better. We make moves, and that, and that revelation creates a ripple effect. And there's always someone watching you. For some of us, our kids are watching us. All the world is watching us on social media. And so when we're faced against those barriers, do they see a person who believes and has the fruit of breakthrough and blessing? We all have battles. But how do you handle it? Well, it doesn't look like there's a way in to church today. I guess I'll go find another. There's still room, by the way. <laughs> no one needs to start making holes in the ceiling just yet. But see, the friends of the paralyzed man, they, they, Lord put this on my heart. They weren't doing to make themselves look good. They weren't, they weren't doing it for their fame or not even their own freedom, but for the freedom of their friend. Yeah, sure, maybe they wouldn't have to carry him around as much then. But then that would give them another level, another reason to go out and reach people for the kingdom of God. In our relationship, we need to make that connection when it comes to bringing people to Christ. That we don't just show up, but that we bring someone with us. Because sometimes you might have it bad, but there's always someone that has it worse. And there's this principle that's biblical that says that we reap what we sow. And so many times when things are missing, we don't think to take what little seed we have of faith and put it in the ground and sow that into others. Because you will reap a harvest in your relationship. Then verse 20, it said, when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith. Why? Because faith 
moves. Faith without works is dead. They, he saw. They, this, these dudes got faith. They wouldn't go to this extent. That roof is going to cost. Someone's going to pay for that roof. There must be something bigger. There must be a bigger blessing if they're willing to battle and break through that roof. I think in all of us, there's a ceiling that sometimes we place over ourselves. God doesn't place it. We place it. We place this spiritual ceiling over our life. And then we say what God can or cannot do in our life. And as a man or woman thinks in his heart, so she is or so she becomes. And in Romans it says that we are not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because then comes the test. Then you're going to test that ceiling. And you're going to break through with belief. Are you with me today? Praise God. This is why we need to wait, make moves. You know, there's a lot of times I've caught myself and just saying, you know, I'm just waiting on God. The Lord spoke to me one day and said, Matt, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I have given you the Holy Spirit. I overcame sin and death. I'm waiting on you. And if we are truly waiting on the Lord, that means that we are serving him. We are waiting on Christ to come. And he wants us to come to him and go to others. And when we come to him again, he says, don't come alone. You see, Jesus even needed his disciples. Right? Couldn't he have done it all on his own? But look at the people that he chose to use. People that were looked over, cast aside, judged, limited by labels. He says, I'm going to use you. And the reason I'm going to use you is because God's going to get the glory. He wants to use you. Because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. But don't come alone. Discipleship is about others. Healing always requires help. Did you notice that? If you're sick, you need help. You either need a doctor or a good wife. It will take care of you and put up with your man cold. Oh, muffin. <laughs> it hasn't been proven yet, but I still believe that when men get colds, it's way worse. Women have pregnancy, we have colds. That's all we get. There's no comparison, okay? Whoo! Please don't private message me about that one. But we need help. When we need healing, we need help. And we can't be afraid to ask. We can't be afraid to ask. If we don't ask, we'll never advance. And here's another thing. We'll never advance without an attack. But yet so many of us are still surprised when we get attacked. When we go after things in our relationship. When we go after God. There's a battle going on out there. Hey, Sam. There's a battle going on. And I'm not just talking the battle you see with your eyes. There's a battle going on, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits. There's a battle going on out there. Good thing we're on the victory side, right? <laughs> Good thing we don't have to fight from victory, but we can fight. Or for victory, we can fight from victory. I'll say that again. Good thing we don't have to fight for victory. We can fight from victory. The battle is already won. Jesus overcame sin and death and released his Holy Spirit. The battle is won. 
verse 21 and 22. It says, the teachers of the law and the proud, proud religious law keepers thought to themselves. That's stinking thinking right there. Be careful with your thoughts. Take them all captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't think Jesus doesn't know what you're thinking. (laughs) They thought to themselves, who is this man who speaks as if he is God? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I'm glad that's in there. Jesus knew what they were thinking and he said to them, why do you think this way in your hearts? Point two. Before we can be lifted, we need to be lowered. Are you with me? Before we can be lifted, we need to be lowered. The greatest attack is always that on our heart because the whole body functions from here. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. In relationship, pride and blame can become a way of avoiding issues. Pride can be a way of getting out of something that you don't want to take responsibility for. Been there. You become enslaved to bitterness because you try to escape through blame. And when you feel that you are trapped, who do you trust in? Because what you trust in will eventually become your master. Lust, lies, all sorts of of troubles will become your limitation, but God is saying today, I am your liberator. I've heard a pastor say this once before. He said, don't do this. Don't put faith in reverse and call it realism. Come on. I'll say that again. Don't put faith in reverse and say, oh, I'm just being realistic. When we are cynical, it breeds things like condemnation. Why? Because it starts to hurt to even have hope. The enemy will attack your rights and get you to reason with the things of this world instead of his word. I said to the men this morning, the enemy's trying the same tricks he's always tried before. The same things that we all struggle with, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he tries so hard to get you to live and think in the natural. But when you do that, you miss God's super. You need the Holy Spirit to move through you. You want that super. You don't want to live in just the natural. Isn't that true? You don't want to live in the norm. Even society will will rate things and grade things. And even your kids, like, oh, are they in the normal range? (laughs) We were never made to be normal. God is, he's, he's the God of putting the extra in our ordinary. He's the God of, of taking what looks like it's, it, it's broken and it's done with and doing something that goes beyond anybody else's belief. He's the God of new beginnings. He's the God uh, of kingdom builders. He's the God of restored relationships and health. He's the God of miracles. 
not just the God of the normal. That's why we're here today. Because he wants to tangibly show you, in you and through you, his mighty works. And it starts in here. God is after our heart. Just like Pastor Charmaine and I are after the hearts of our children. God's after the hearts of his children. Verse 24. Jesus said, so that you may know the Son of Man has the right and has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who could not move, could not move his body, I say to you, get up, take your bed and go to your home. At once the sick man got up in front of them, he took his bed and he went home thanking God. My last point is that Christ is the connection to our cure. My Savior, your Savior has the right and the power to overcome sin and sickness. In any situation, you need to know where you stand. Because if it ain't on the Word of God, the wind and the waves of this world are going to knock you over. I don't care how strong you look. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I don't care what you built. If it ain't built on the word of God, the storm has a way of proving what will stand. And things are not always as they seem. So that doesn't stop us from speaking out and acting out in love, by the way. Truth in love. And notice how Jesus used his right and used his power. Christ didn't demand compliance. Instead, he offered a cure. Christ wants to move us from comparison and complaining to compassion. Christ is compassion. And we are made in his image. And we are made to move in that image. We need to show compassion and bring love. Not just on the inside, but to those on the outside. I'm going to invite my extraordinary, amazing wife to the stage. If you don't mind giving it up for Pastor Charmaine. couch time. You know, this is the last part of the series, and not once have we actually brought up couch time. It's true. Yeah, I think that's important. So we've, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We're going to go through the cure and what it means to, to have Christ as the cure and our connection and our relationship. And just very quickly to recap, we've been targeting the five love languages. We just touch on them a bit. Again, how many of you have taken the test recently? Recently, taken the test since we started the series? Put your hands up real high, please, so we can see you. Oh, yeah. How many of you have taken it before in the past? Wow. Well, Pastor Charmaine, why would we encourage them to take it again? Well, if you haven't been here. <laughs> if you've been here, you know. But Because seasons change and, and things can change. And even for us, because we have different ones. We've changed. We've changed and ours are becoming more like each other's. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just worth it to keep track of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Take it again. It takes like five minutes. Yeah. The test, the original test is the easy part. The test that comes after days and days later is a hard one. <laughs> you know, when your spouse rates you on how you're doing on your five love languages and you think you're doing better than you are. But uh, you know what? Whatever isn't growing is dying. Yeah. And whatever doesn't contribute gets eliminated. And our connection is so that we can contribute to one another. So, thoughts? About your message? Sure. <laughs> no, it's so good. I think, hasn't it been good? Been good. So, I, I get the privilege of, of talking out the message before. So, so it's not a surprise. I still am always hear different things, but... I feel like I don't have a whole ton to add. You said a lot of really good things, but something that just really stood out to me now when you preached it was when the verse about the proud religious law keepers. And I think that in any relationship, we can become the proud religious law keeper. That's good. You know, it's easy to, it's easy to see what other people got to work on or what we think other people got to work on. You know, and that, but that just creates that, that distance even more, right? It's like, well, if only they did this or, and then, and you know, same thing for us. I feel like as a parent was the first time I really got this revelation and then I applied it to our marriage, but <laughs> was having some struggles with first baby, trying to get them to sleep and doing all the things that I read in the book. And then, Which book? The Bible or the not the Bible? Oh, okay. The books, all the other books. And then I, I did. I feel like the Holy Spirit said, "Why don't you ask me?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> right." And so I did just praise like God. I need help with this baby. <laughs> not that I'd never prayed, but just I was trying to do all the things, you know. And and you know that night, you know, put him down in his crib, and it felt like it was just like. The Holy Spirit was there. He's like, this is the time. Just give it a minute. And he slept through the night for the first time. It's like 17 months old. <laughs> you know, tired mama. But because of that, like, really crystal clear moment, then it's on my, it's on the front of my radar, not on the back, right? It's like when you're struggling with something and or when I feel like we just can't connect and I'm so right. <laughs> she usually is. <laughs> No, I, I, but even joking aside, like we even joke like, God, tell her if she's wrong or if I'm... That's you know. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but but I do... There are some times when I'm right. But I mean, my... There's some times when I'm right? Is that what you said? <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> but, my, but my point is when I feel like we just can't connect or we just can't communicate, there are those times where I, instead of fighting, you know, that we go... we. You know, if it's late at night, we do have that thing where, okay, we're tired, we're emotional, we have to let it go. But, you know, step back and be like, Jesus, I need help. Like, I need, I need to be able to communicate this better, and I need him to be able to receive what I'm saying or, you know, and know my heart. And, and another thing, too, just thinking about in your relationships is, like, if we truly want all that God has for the, the people in our life, and we pray that for them— you know, we're going to see them differently and things are going to change. If there's a conflict and you say, I'm just going to pray for them. You know, God, I just pray that you bless my husband or you bless my friend. And I just pray, God, that you would help them with whatever they need help with that I have no idea about. And, you know, and I just pray, God, that all the best things for them. 
That's good. What's Blessing this? is the cure for bitterness. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You want to get rid of that offense? That's what happens with offense, right? Someone said it's like it's like taking poison, you know, unforgiveness, like taking poison and keeping offense and then like you drinking it, think it's going to help. It's going to hurt someone else. Oh. Yeah. You know, they've, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but they're not thinking about you. They've, they're doing their thing and you hold on to that offense, that bitterness, that's going to affect your health. That's going to affect your family. That's going to affect everything else around you. You got to deal with the heart thing. Yeah. And when you pray a blessing over someone, right, you pray for them, something happens. Well, and the amazing Healing. thing is, is that you got your own stuff to work on. Don't worry about other people's yeah. stuff. Oh, <laughs> that is good. That you is know. good. I'm telling you, like next time, the, the enemy loves to do the chatter thing, right? Get you to get the gossip going around. And, and God is very clear that he, what he thinks about gossip. He does not like gossip. It's one of the big sins. Um, so next time, you know, even if someone says, hey, you know, what do you think about so-and-so or whatever? Just say, you know what? I don't. I don't. To be honest, I've got too much drama in my own life. <laughs> I have time to be thinking about, you know what I mean? You know, I'm not, you, you know what context I'm saying. Like, if you're thinking good and positive things and they're going to say something that is uplifting and edifying to build the church, yeah, cr- praise God. But it's what you said, the pride and the blame game. That's how we try to get yeah. through, and, but no. And that if we get caught in that comparison, that will create the disconnect. Comparison creates a disconnect, right? Christ creates the connection. He says, love your enemies. He says, love your enemies. He says, you know, it's easy to love someone that loves you. Try loving someone that doesn't love you and really shows that they don't love you, you know? But uh, I want to, you said something good there because I think this is going to free up some probably men in the house of speaking on behalf of men. Um, what you said about, yeah, you have those moments sometimes in your relationship. Some of us have them more than others. Uh, but where you just, you just, you're so certain you're right. Like, they're so wrong. They just, how can they not see? They're like uh, blind Bartimaeus, right? Like, like how, did, how do they not see? They need to come to Jesus. Someone lead her or him to Jesus so that they can see. Are you with me? And, but there's, we talked about humility. And you know what? It is really hard, and I've, I had to do this more in the past, not as much now just because I know who's right now. So, um, (laughs) anyway, there's times where I literally just got to come to God and I'm like, God, I'm like, please speak to her. Lord, would you just tell her or show her the truth? And if for some reason I happen to be wrong, would you let me know? But I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, I'm wrong. <laughs> he convicts my heart right away that I'm missing uh, context and there's something else. Or maybe I am right. But just because you're right doesn't mean you have to say it. Just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it. And be careful how you say it. Anyway, there's something there. But I wanted to say, I just talked about couch time. Mm-hmm. Couch time was something introduced to us earlier on in our creating babies having kids becoming parents becoming parents how many parents in the house wow look at this big family um but there comes a time where you know what you just really want to have time with your spouse because they're always around they never go away and we love them for that children 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 you just want a break i love you guys Boys are probably watching or on camera. I absolutely love you, but there comes a time where we need quality time. 
And we realized that even if our kids are around, we were taught because we had, still have, kids that will come to our bed. How many of you got those? They just like won't grow out of the bed. And once one grows out of the bed, you have another and they're in the bed all the time. And you're just like, anyway, one of our coaches taught us what to do. Do you want to tell them what they taught us about coach time? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when whoever's comes home, <laughs> I guess. So say Matt comes home after he's been at work all day and the kids are all there and they, and the kids and the dog all run and tackle Matt and they, you know, want all his attention and and whatever. And I give it to them. I and you give do. Them yeah. And it's great. But we were just, we were coached to just take those first 15 minutes, sit on the couch and just talk and just even say to the parents, yeah, just, just us. Yeah. Or say to the kiddos, mom and dad are just going to talk for a few minutes and then we can play that game mm-hmm. or then I can help you with whatever. We're just us. They're going to talk. Yeah. And for, I mean, for, for children, their parents are their world, you know, and there's different situations and we understand that. But for us to just sit down and talk and focus on our relationship, we're probably not going to have a deep conflict resolution no, thing. But just no. talk about, talk our, about day our day and, and different yeah. things like that. But it brings it brings a stability to the home. Mm-hmm. And it gives even, us more sleep. It gives, because we were told the yeah, only time that, that they're seeing us together when we're not go, go, go is when we're sleeping. So that's why our kids are coming to find us in our beds because we're, we're their world, we're their stability. And stability releases the ability. And you got to understand, if you're feeling it, imagine what your little ones are feeling in this season. And it's a harder thing than it sounds. <laughs> it is hard. It's a hard <laughs> discipline. To, when you go, 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 be like, yeah. just sit down. But try it. If, if some of you have, like, haven't had a break and you've got little ones and they're always in your bed, just try this. Try it for like a week if you can. You know, we were told 20 minutes. That seemed like a long time at first. Um, but when I, when the kids come to me, even now, when they run to me and they're like, daddy, daddy, I embrace them all. My 16 year old doesn't say daddy, daddy, you know, like <laughs> I don't have that anymore. I got to run to them and get, come here give me my love language, you know, but, uh, but after the little ones do that, I say, Hey, where's your mother? Where's your mother? Where's that good looking woman? Come on. Where is she? And I go find her and hug her and embrace her in front of the kids. And then, Hey honey, let's just sit down for a bit. Let's have a coffee and talk. They need to see that. They need to see that. They need to see the connection in the midst of the chaos. So sometimes it doesn't have to literally be you have to sit on the couch. You know, for us, because we've got some older kids now, we'll just like go for a walk or we'll go down to our amenities building, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the street and just, but our kids know it's like, it's not foreign to them anymore. They're like, oh yeah, mom's had a really long day. She just needs a little break or whatever, just things like that. But my, the kids are thinking of that. They're thinking just a little bit less. Like, they're, they're okay with it. It's not a scary thing. And they're thinking a little less about themselves. Oh, mom and dad just need some time. So in all of this, even though we're giving you guys the practical stuff, um, it's all biblical. And all of our advice and all of our co- coaching has come from godly counsel. Right? We've always had amazing, wise moms and dads and parents in our life to pour into us. And, and that is so that we can pour into others. It's about bringing people into the presence of God. That's what it's about. And so, you know, who are we bringing into the presence of Jesus? It starts with our family. And I mentioned uh, Bartimaeus and how he was blind and people needed, or he needed others to bring him to Jesus, right? He actually had, and he needed the sound of the voice of Jesus. You have to recognize the sound of the shepherd amongst all the shouting going on out there, right? So who are we bringing to Jesus that might be, maybe not physically blind, maybe, but in need of vision, in need of clarity, You see, because 
we want to bring people to God in our relationships, but it starts with us. It starts with our hearts and it starts with our home. Would you guys stand with me? You know, the Apostle Paul in the Bible even brought Timothy into a place of leadership. And, and he said, don't let anyone judge you because of your age. And I think there's things going on sometimes in our life where we feel judged or we're judging ourselves. Or we don't think like, oh God, how could this, like how could you connect this? How could you possibly turn this mess into a message? He is. And he will if you let him. If you let him in, if you let go and let God. So that, that happens only if we become change agents. If we decide that, you know, the, the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing, right, then, then we change. We're like, this is too much. I can't stay here. God has more for me for my relationship, more in this connection. That's when we change. Jesus said in John 9, 4, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. For the night is coming and then no one can work. In Luke 4, 18 is the verse that I want us to think on and meditate on this week. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Say it's on me. Say he's on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. Say freedom. One more time. Say freedom. One more time, say freedom. Woo, that feels good. Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. See, we are called to free the captives, to give sight back, and to help the hurting so that people, so that we can truly see that Christ is the cure. My takeaway is simply this. I am the companion we are the companions and Christ is the cure if you're here today and this whole relationship thing is really rocking your world you know there's places and areas in your heart where you need a cure you need a healing that you aren't going to have that connection with others unless you have the connection with Christ he is that cure and Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we believe in our hearts, there it is, our heart. Believing in our heart that God the Father raised his son from the grave and confessing with our mouth that he is Lord, that we will be saved. That's where the connection starts, in relationship. So I want to lead us through this prayer right now. I just ask that you pray it with me, close your eyes. Just be in this moment right now. And if you've prayed this prayer before or something like it, that you would pray it again with me. But if you haven't, would you do so with your whole heart? Let's make the connection now. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness for where I've sinned, where I fall short. You see, I believe that you chose to die for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart 
and would you be Lord over my life? I thank you that my past is past. And today is a new day with you in Jesus' name. Stay in the moment right now. While we're in the moment and all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you're coming back to relationship and making that connection with Jesus this morning, I don't want to embarrass you, call you out. Everyone's eyes are closed. Would you just give me a thumbs up? Say, Pastor, that's me. I made that thank you. I made that connection or reconnected. Thank you. Thank you. God is so good. Well, you can look up now. Let's give God some praise in the house. That's about that connection. There's a party going on in heaven right now, Scripture says. And we got to do some justice. We got to get behind that party. We got to celebrate the freedom. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And here at College Street, we know that we have a responsibility in the Great Commission as companions of Christ to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching others to obey Christ's commands. And so we take that to heart. And so we're going to press in, and we're going to worship, and we're going to lift the lid on this stage, because in it we've got some fresh water that we've filled with faith. In Romans it says that when we go into that water, we are baptized with Christ. We are buried with Christ. We go beneath the water. We come up out of the water, it says that we are resurrected with Jesus. And I think for some of us in that connection, we are still been waiting. Christ has been waiting for you to take that next step in that connection as followers of him. So we got towels, we got clothes. We even set up a whole other room down there now. Special green room next to the band. But if that's you and you want to do that, just come forward. Won't put any pressure on you. If you have questions, come forward. If you need to know more or want to know more, come forward. But either way, why don't we just come forward and worship our God? Let's lift him up today. This is his day. It's the day that he has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's give praise to our Heavenly Father. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.